Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Today, we're pulling one of our favorite episodes from the archives because we believe some stories need to be heard more than once. Enjoy. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Bob. I just wanted to take a quick moment and um, first off, thank our regular listeners for checking in with us. I hope everybody's okay. Obviously, we really got hammered by this storm, primarily south of the greater Sarasota area, starting in Venice and then all the way down to Naples. And so I just wanted to encourage everyone, is there just one thing that you can do to help in the relief efforts? bottled water, some canned goods, some dry goods, some clothing. I'm going to give you some organizations that you can reach out to and find out specifically what it is that they need where you can help in this relief effort. The first organization is the Community Foundation of Sarasota County. They can be reached at 941-955-3000. They're also located over there on Fruitville Road at 26. 35 Fruitville Road in Sarasota, Florida. Call them and see specifically what it is that they need and how they are working to help all these folks that really got hammered by the hurricane. Next organization is Gulf Coast Community Foundation. Uh, their headquarters are in Venice, 941-486-4600. Uh, if they're not open because they did, did get a lot of flooding down there, let's try the Sarasota location again for Gulf Coast Community Foundation, 941-777-1270. Call them and see what they need. Obviously, the Salvation Army is always looking for uh, donations and help in situations such as this. They actually have three locations. Sarasota is 941-364-5557. They're over there on Tuttle Avenue. The Venice location, and again, Venice has some flooding down there. I don't know if they're open. 941-484-6227. Northport really got hammered, again, with flooding. I don't know if they're open, but I'll give you their phone number anyways. 941-240-5108. The Salvation Army is always very helpful in situations like this. Obviously, the American Red Cross the Sarasota County office can be found at 941-379-9300. 
And I know that everybody has a heck of a lot more on their mind right now than uh, simply listening to podcasts, but we are going to do our best to maintain our regular release of our episodes. We could not air last week. We didn't have any internet, so I, <laughs> I hope you'll forgive us for that. But uh, I think we're going to be back on task going forward, assuming that we don't have any interruptions in service. And today we have a great show lined up for you, and we just encourage you to continue to listen in. If we feel a need to update you on what's going on, we'll just continue to put these little blurbs in here before the episodes. If there's anything you would like for us to do, please reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn, and we'll do our best again to help in this relief effort. Again, thank you so very much for being a part of our listening audience and on to today's show. Since coming to Sarasota in 2015, one community topic comes up over and over again, and that's workforce housing. Let's face it, this area is both wonderful and expensive. So how can young families, professionals, and essential frontline workers starting out find a decent place to live? while putting money away for the future. My guest today believes everyone deserves a place to live and is doing his part to help in the workforce housing shortage. He wants to make a profit, but uses a philanthropic approach. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Williams, where I try to find the most interesting people working on the most interesting projects here in the greater Sarasota area. I started this podcast because I wanted to meet new people. Then I thought to myself, why not share my conversation with these new friends with people like you? You see, I believe if you really want to understand the community you live in and fully appreciate all it has to offer, then talking with and listening to each other's stories is an absolute must. Every Tuesday and Thursday, you'll hear from artists and authors, entrepreneurs, civic leaders, and many others share who they are, how they got into their line of work, and what they're excited about right now. In this episode, you'll hear from Mark Vingroft, managing partner of One Stop Housing. Mark will share one thing that we don't know about him, why he left a very successful career in California running a billion-dollar corporation to focus on workforce housing in Sarasota, how one-stop housing acquires properties and refurbishes them, why they are as much as 40% below market rates, where Mark hopes to take one-stop housing and much, much more. Thank you so much for stopping by today. It's my hope you will listen, that you will learn, but most importantly, connect. Mark Vengroft, Managing Partner of One Stop Housing. Welcome to Sarasota Stories Podcast. Well, thank you. Mark, it's a pleasure to have you on this show because I, since I moved here in 2015, one of the main topics that I keep running across over and over again in the business community is affordable housing. And you guys have an <laughs> interesting business model and it doing really cool things in the greater Sarasota area and actually in, in outside the Florida area that we want to get into. But of course, what I always like for my listeners to find out is a little bit about your background and my favorite question, which is what's one interesting thing that most people don't know about Mark Bingroff? Hmm. Well, most people, <laughs> most, uh, very few people know. I think when I was uh, younger, that uh, I would never wanted to get married. Um, and then uh, my wife walked into a bar down in San Diego, California. Uh, she walked in and I went to all my friends and says, that is going to be my wife. And 30 <laughs> years later, we're still together, love her to death. 
And uh, it took her about a year to convince her to marry me. But <laughs> but it's funny, love at first sight. Oh, that's you great. Just, you just know. So that's a great that's a great story. So so did you start so do you sing to her every morning? I wish they all could be California girls. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I, I played guitar and I sang to her and she told me, please don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> she, she said, I want, what I really want you to do is get into affordable housing and workforce housing, right? That's what she did. So that's pretty funny. Yeah. That's a great story. Well, we were talking before, you know, I, that's my wife kind of brought me down to the Sarasota area. And so uh, hmm. we have 39 years. So you guys got a few years to catch up to us. So that's yeah. a great story. Well, that's thank a great you. Piece of tidbit. So, Mark, you've been, you know, very, very successful entrepreneur and and business leader and whatnot in the California area for a good part of your life. I mean, you were CEO of a company by the name of VWA, and you grew it from ten million in revenue all the way up to thirty two billion in assets as the CEO, eleven hundred employees and offices in nineteen countries. And I, I'm feeling very insecure right now as a businessman. I mean, that's a great record. So. But, but give us some some broad strokes of, of your business career, and uh, then we'll kind of get into what led you to Sarasota and get into workforce housing. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I uh, the company VWA was a family business started by my father uh, as a collection agency. We had about 30 employees at the time. I did not. I love business, but I didn't want to be in the collection agency. Um, so uh, we uh, as started to take that company over. We realized that uh, a lot of the companies that we were representing were writing off a lot of bad debt. Um, it was mainly business to business and mm. kind of looked closer to what was the root? Why were they writing off bad debt? So we opened up services, professional services, consulting technology, um, and wrote programs and um methodologies to help companies to mitigate their risk going forward so that they would have less bad debt and that basically launched us into the outsourcing business Mm. early early phases and um over a nine-year period we we grew that into 19 countries 23 offices just supporting some of the largest businesses um in the country actually in the world we had ge ge Healthcare, GE Money, Office Depot, Home Depot, Cisco Systems, Oracle, uh, a My lot goodness. of the insurance companies. And they were all managed through outsourced employees because back then, one of the big factors for these companies was looking at their revenue per employee and their cost of benefits and such, especially in the high tech industry. Um, they were they found that it was easier to outsource those. And so we end up writing technology to, to uh, automate to eliminate was kind of the, the mantra and not to eliminate a lot of the unnecessary tasks and through the whole order to cash cycle. Um, so we did everything from order processing, credit assessment, contract management, collection, so collections end up being a real small piece of what our business was by the time we were done and sold it. Um, but uh, it was uh, everything was in country. So if you're in France and you had a French customer, we were handling with individuals from France that could speak the language. Uh, 
help them with mitigating disputes or really finding the root issues, why things became a problem, and then come up with solutions and automate them going forward to prevent that problem. So when the world was outsourcing, the the Capgeminis and Accentures and IBM were outsourcing everything to offshore countries like uh, the Philippines or India. We were keeping everything in country and automating most of those things. So I only needed one person for every five that they had. So we ended up with a cheaper solution, a less expensive solution, and a highly more effective model because the exceptions couldn't be handled offshore. They had to be onshore, very customer-oriented, very customer-centric. And it just blew up our business. Just just business blew up. In fact, most of our customers ended up being the Capgeminis or uh, Capgeminis. And we did work for HP and IBM and some for Accenture kind of as the outsourcer to the outsourcers. (laughs) They just had a better name. That's cool. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. So, So were you on a jet? You know, were you a road warrior and flying all around the world and doing these deals? Yeah, yeah, I, I oh, was uh, home one week, uh, one week a month, and on the, you know, at different countries. Uh, I one week in Europe, one week over here in Florida, where we had our headquarters. Uh, then I'd go to another couple of locations somewhere along the way, and then home again. So, my yeah, it was a it was, you know, uh, challenging for my wife because I was never home, but. Sure. Uh, yeah, great, great. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of miles, so you know our vacations were wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, honey, I'm doing it for the frequent flyer miles. That's exactly. what I'm doing it for. Because oh, okay, so make the vacations good, honey. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, uh, eventually, goodness. we sold that business. Um, we eventually sold it to Capgemini. We we end up keeping the collection agency, and from there, I went into. I did get a carve out in the healthcare sector. And I did working capital optimization for hospitals, which was uh, a business that was uh, under West Star Management Group. It started and we built three insurance networks for um, which we which we coined under uh, Merit Bridge and uh, eventually sold that went into uh, I joined a number of boards for private equity. I'm sure. To kind of get a sense for what it would be. As an entrepreneur, I always worked in a family business or my own and preferred to kind of get see what the real world was like. And so I uh, started working in private equity with uh, some a few different firms on the advisory side at first. And there was a company called Walker Advertising that um, uh, they had just acquired. Great CEO, but uh, more of an entrepreneur. And they wanted to grow it. And so they uh, came in to take that business over. That was a uh, legal advertising agency? Yeah. Hispanic legal advertising. Probably the country's largest uh, wow. Hispanic legal advertising. What a I'm cool sure niche. What an interesting niche. Yeah. Yeah. I was myself and my CFO were the only two non-Hispanic speaking individuals in the company. Um, and every, all the commercials, everything were all in, in Spanish for the most part. And But what a great company great group of people and uh they did everything from media buying to shooting commercials to writing um uh it's a fascinating company and uh they were really the the mantra there was to help the hispanic folks or underprivileged individuals to get the right legal representation 
uh, for right. whatever that would be. Um, and so um, I, I was there. That was in uh, Los Angeles, based in Los Angeles, but was nationwide. And uh, so it gave me a chance to come home to uh, Florida or, uh, on occasion to, to kind of visit family. But, My goodness. I mean, that, that's a, that's a great background. And I, I guess what we should do is we should kind of, we should introduce our listeners to your father who passed away a few years ago, but he was quite the businessman right here in the greater Sarasota area. And I guess was kind of the uh, impetus for you actually coming to Sarasota and getting vol- involved with uh, one-stop housing. So, um, and I'll tell you, I, that is kind of how I got in con- reached out to you was, I never met your father, um, and he was involved with, I guess, workforce housing and a lot of other things, real estate development. He's quite the entrepreneur, but a, a friend of mine who was in um, who was in real estate said, yeah, he had done a deal with Harvey Vingroff and said, one of the things that he got the biggest kick out of about your dad is like, he, he loved to fight with the city over zoning and, and, and laws like that. And he said, I never met a guy like that, but he got the biggest kick out of your dad. So tell us about your father, if you will. Sure. Uh, yeah. Growing up, he was my hero for sure. Oh, um, he, uh, he was, uh, uh, very much, uh, pride himself on being a rebel and, uh, kind of a people's champ to go out and, you know, fight for the little guy. And, oh, he, uh, very understated, always wears shorts and a t-shirt. In fact, one day for his birthday, I bought him, uh, a big dog t-shirt and jams. I don't know if you remember those shorts with all the multiple colors. I thought it was hysterical. Damn, I thought he'd yes. never, I thought yes. he'd never wear those things. Well, sure enough, the very next morning he had to go to court for a hearing. So he's wearing his big dog t-shirt and jams. Everyone else is wearing suits. And the judge goes up to him and says, Hey, Harvey, you, what, you know, you're being disrespectful, Mr. Vengruff to the court. And he says, Oh, I'm sorry, your honor, but my son bought these for my birthday. You think I would, you, would you want me to be disrespectful to my son who bought this for me? <laughs> you're like, Oh boy. Oh, that's pretty funny. That's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. So yeah, you know, uh, he, he was a character. It's, it's, it's interesting because you, you talk about he was a guy, I mean, a very successful businessman, but he also had area of his heart for kind of like the little guy and the underprivileged and whatnot. And was somehow able to mix those two to help, you know, the, the, the less uh, privileged folks, I guess, in our society, which I guess is a great segue into one-stop housing because, again— Affordable housing and workforce housing is single biggest issue I think the Sarasota has because I've heard it from both the Chamber of Commerce, well, from two different Chamber of Commerce presidents around here that it's the single biggest problem that we have. Yeah. So, so tell us about um, how your father convinced you to live this very to leave this very successful corporate life that you had and come to Sarasota and uh, take over One Stop Housing. Well, yeah, uh, yeah thank you there. Years ago, we bought a bunch of real estate um, through the business. We would take cash out of the business and start buying up real estate. And that was kind of my father's passion. And so when I was running the the business with uh, my partner, Bob Williams, his name was Bob Williams, too, oh my goodness, ironically. Yeah. 
Um, so we were building the collection business or the outsource business. And my father was semi-retired, just really focused on real estate. And I was having, we had a call center here in Sarasota of about 500 people. I'm sorry, 400 people. And he was, uh, we were having challenges recruiting and retaining talent back then, even um, because of housing pricing, even for that, even though it was a lot lower than it is now, but it was yeah. still too expensive for a lot of folks. What uh, year was this then? Oof, uh, probably 10, good 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. eight, 10 years ago. And uh, right before the, the before that crash. And um, so what ended up happening was I went to my father and I was telling him, hey, I'm really having a hard time recruiting, retaining people because the prices are just crazy. So he, he came up with the idea. He says, well, why is give me some cash and I'll turn around and from the business, I'll just buy up a bunch of properties. We'll, we'll designate it for workforce housing for our own employees. And that's exactly what we did. So we started buying up or he started buying up properties in Sarasota and use them specifically for the idea of workforce. And uh, about 18 years ago, uh, the, a, uh, the, the university, USF, had wanted to create student housing through a, a, a motel in town right um right in front of them which was uh, is now called university row and so he bought it held it for him they just didn't have the budget to actually right. acquire it but they right. didn't want to get it off market so what ended up happening he held it for a year at the end of the year they turned around and said oh i'm sorry harvey we we, we can't afford to buy it yet we didn't get it our budget approved can you hold it for another year he actually said no problem um he would do it another year and during that year he noticed a bunch of homeless people and he says, well, geez, rather than sleeping on the street, just come on over. I'll, I'll put you up, whatever you can afford. Just, just write me, a, you know, just, just pay me whatever you can. I Don't do. worry about it. And then sure enough, a hundred rooms got filled immediately. Um, I mean, sure. immediately wow. being over a period of a few months. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so then the university came back and says, okay, we're ready now. And he says, well, I, sorry, I can't. I got a hundred really nice people here. They're all working. They just couldn't afford to live in the area. So, you know, they're, they're all paying whatever they could afford to pay at the time. And, right, and I'm just right. going to keep it. So um, that was the birth of converting walk for uh, hotels into workforce housing. And we just, uh, he just continued that passion focusing in on providing housing for working individuals in the area. Um, feeling that uh, as a business, we are for profit. We have a philanthropic mission, and that is that every anyone who works deserves a clean, safe, and affordable roof over their head. Period. And that's exactly what we're, we we do. I mean, that is just, and that's such a, a wonderful, wonderful story. And it because myself coming from an industrialist background and in capitalism and that whole area. What struck me about this is, you know, when you buy an asset, particularly if you have outside investors, okay, they're going to look for the, the greatest return that you can get for the money that they invested, ROI, of course. Yeah. And so, of course, we see all these high rises going up around here, and it, it, it's inevitable, right? Because Sarasota has been discovered <laughs> over the last, you know, 10, 20 years, which, which you know, it, it's just inevitable. I mean, that's it's a part of progress. But then you all come across properties that you could have developed 
and maximize return on that. But you said, no, we're, we're not going to do that. We're going to go a different direction. Um, Correct. I, and I, I just find that really fascinating because, and particularly now a lot in the news, you see a lot of capitalists and the capitalist system and whatnot is getting kind of you know kicked in the face a lot. But here we have a company that's really focused on the folks that want to live here, they can't afford to live here, but you're really providing you know, that type of housing. So, so I mean, where did, did this just all come from your father or did you also see just, it, it's just also a niche and not only is needed, but, you know, we can actually make a type of return here that is, is acceptable to us. Yeah. You know, uh, it, interesting enough, I think, uh, well, we, we, we are a buy and hold. So all the properties, we've never sold any large property in, uh, in our history, for geez, almost 40 years now. So uh, we sold a lot of the smaller properties, but anything of any scale, we just held on. And that was kind of his mantra. He had a, he definitely had a passion. It's his mission, his vision. Um, uh, my father and I had this great relationship in, in the fact that uh, he was an extreme entrepreneur on steroids and just had very wild creative I'm envious. ideas of which, you know, maybe one out of 20 were just, just outstanding home runs. Uh, the other 19, you just kind of had to reel them in on occasion. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but, you know, um, and I was always the execution for, for those uh, ideas. So you know, he would get things kind of off the ground and going like the collection business. And then I would take it from there and kind of grow it. And same for, uh, for this. And, so, you know, we're just taking his initial model and we're just blowing it up. Interesting. Um, yeah. He, he said, uh, you know, well, interesting when, when I did come out here, uh, uh, before I came out here, I told him I, I just didn't want to come out to Florida. I was really enjoying what I was doing. I didn't want to, uh, you know, I'm shooting commercials or hanging out in the Hollywood scene. I mean, that, it was kind of a cool experience oh, I'm sure. to do, especially for a business person in an entertainment world there's a bunch of you're surrounded by crazy but it was it was a good type of crazy and so then he calls up in the midst of this growth spurt and uh you know with private equity you got lots of capital to spend so you, you feel like you're a kid in a candy store right um and so then he uh, you know basically let me know that he had a year to live and uh that uh you know, he wanted me to come down, move to Florida, take take this over. And I said, well, we'll just sell everything because I really, you know, uh, I'm just having a time of my life. And he says, no, no, he can't because his words were, you know, if you sell this, what's going to happen is someone else is going to come in and they're going to have to jack up the rates because of the market rates. No one's going right, to buy these at these current market without keeping it affordable. And then what do you think these families will do? I said, yeah, that's a really good point. And so I came down jumped in his pickup truck and he just drove me around. We spent two, three days looking at the various properties, meeting the management team, meeting the managers, the staff, tenants, uh, just, just fell in love with it. Um, and realized there's no way in hell it would be, I'd go to hell if I ever sold these things. Cause <laughs> that would be that's a horrific thing to do. So, um, but uh, you know, it, it turned out that it was the best decision I've ever made. That's great. Uh, these the, the folks here, the people, most of our management team used to work on, grew up on the property. And we have 
one individual that was in was a child and and uh, while their parents lived on the property and they just loved watching the manager and said you know I want to be that one day and today they're they're running isn't that you know, these 10 million a 10 million dollar asset that they would think geez I grew up on a property like this how in the world could I be managing something like this and you got these individuals that are smart that just were never given an opportunity exactly and exactly. um or the training and now they're yeah. they're running these massive assets that they just never in a lifetime would ever imagine. And when I say they're running them, you go to any of our properties, you go up to the property manager and you say, who is the owner? Nine times out of 10, they'll say they are because everything is on them. We provide just the support cool. and the network to allow them to really thrive in life for them and their families. And um, the rest of it is on them so that we just make sure they can't fail. That's wow. Wow. Wow, that I mean, I mean that that is so cool. I mean, I'm just you know, I'm getting goosebumps listening to this because that that's a type of management style where you train them and give, then you give them the autonomy to make decisions, and now they feel like they own it. And they're so I bet so I would assume that your turnover is very very low. Yeah, we, turnover. Yeah, we we have uh, we don't have it, it, during even the worst time, and you know we pay well, but we don't pay as well as a lot of places sure. as you know places others would. Um because we need to keep our rents low of course and but everybody's here because it's for they they believe into the they really are drinking the kool-aid believe in the passion of what right. we're doing and really feel that they're affecting these families lives for the better and feel good about it that's, yeah that's a that's a really that that is just that is just so cool and of course i'm going to direct people to go, go to your website because you have some great videos there of uh, some testimonies of some of the folks that work for you and i think and I th you, you call it their song i think it is but uh they they, they share that background of what you just uh, stated and i think it's just going to be really cool for our listeners to to go there and hear the enthusiasm of some of the employees that work for you well, well give us give us the scope of your operations um how many units do you have where are you located and uh then then we're going to move into you know like where are you going to take one-stop housing sure so what's uh, the scope uh, we have a, a little over 3,000 units today in our portfolio. We're working on our eighth hotel conversion in addition to that. Um, and um, we have about 800 units currently under development in addition to, you know, to, to our current portfolio. The, the, the company in the last, say, four years has dramatically grown so we're we're we started off as an owner operator for all of these units. Um, we've increased the portfolio um, by about a third, the third thirty to forty percent, and um, we're continuing to grow at a pretty good clip. And the reason we're doing that is we we've uh, acquired a construction company, a licensed general contractor, which are they're also licensed plumber and electricians. Uh, in the state of Florida. So we're able to keep our construction costs down, renovations or new developments. And we've also started a nonprofit called One Stop Cares, yep. which is a 501c3. And that uh, provides in a more formalized way, all of the wraparound services that our residents and the people within the nearby community where we serve could what, take what, advantage what of. What are wraparound services? Uh, great question. Uh, wraparound services are everything from health, health and wellness, financial support or education, um, 
uh, somebody comes into our comes to the property and they need uh, health care or health services. We we have some telehealth clinics on some of our properties. We're, we're ex- continuing to expand that to make that accessible on most of the larger properties, so at least to have a center or a resource center in each of the counties where we are. And so people can come in, they say um, they need access to health care, whether it's telehealth or uh, affordable health care, they can go especially if they're a resident, but we open it up to the whole community. If they want uh, financial education or courses or classes, there's a number of courses that are being offered, everything from self-esteem, job interview skills, parenting 101, you name it. Um, And then um, we partner with a number of banks that are local that like to help people learn how to open up a bank account, learn about compounding interest, save some money for their future. Wonderful. You know, what does it mean if you save five dollars a week, how that could really impact your life yep. through compounding interest over the over the next five, ten years? Um, and then if they need furniture, food, uh, rental assistance, um, you name it, everyone has a, everybody gets served a curveball in their life one time or another. So it's just a natural or multiple <laughs> or multiple. So, you know, no, no. Uh, no judgment, just yeah. it, they need the help. Um, we all needed it. Sometimes we, we were able to rely on family or friends. And in this case, uh, you know, we, we try to help them in, in any of those areas. So that's what these services are provided. Yeah. But, but so you say 3,000 units. And then, so where are they located? Great. Uh, we're, we are in Sarasota, Manatee County, up to Tampa. And then you make a sharp right on your way to Orlando. Um, and then if you leapfrog up to Memphis, so we, we're in Memphis as well. We bought, uh, we've got a, about 300 units there. Um, we were, that was, uh, we were invited by the mayor. He read an article on what we were doing in Orlando and how we've taken a, a wow. really crappy area, converted it, cleaned it up. And he, he called up or his office called Mayor Strickland and uh, said, would you be interested in coming to Memphis? We've got, uh, I think there was three gangs that overlap the airport area, really challenged area. Um, and there's a number of properties that are really just falling apart. They're hotels to be perfect for what you're doing. It's a transportation hub of the country. A lot of fulfillment and factory and transportation workers here that um, just can't afford to live in the area and there's nothing, no, not a lot of good options for them. So I went up with our head of security, uh, who's China, the dragon Smith. I don't know if you know him, the ex heavyweight champ. <laughs> no, I, I know, but I'd like to meet him. <laughs> yeah. He's a big intimidating man with the biggest soft heart, oh, uh, just a cool. gentle soul. And he knows how to diffuse challenges yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he hires his security guys and they all look up to him as you know as their hero he's just wow. a really good man so he and i went up there uh, met up with the colonel the head of the police for memphis the mayor's office toured about 10 of the hotels that were just in really disarray a lot of crime prostitution drugs there was drive-by when we were there oh, um man. and um <laughs> it's, it's just crazy so we bought two of the top 10 that they presented. And in 90 days, we cleaned it up where there was no crime to speak of. Uh, I mean, completely no crime to speak of. 
within 90 days um, and um, renovated these properties. They're beautiful. And we called them Bantam apartments. Bantam being, um, you know, boxing has Bantam yeah, weight. Yeah. And Bantam, Bantam weight's weight. the little guy. Yeah, so we're sticking cool. up for the little guy. That's, That's cool. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's very, very cool. Well, it seems to me because there's, there's so it seems like Americans are on the move and there's a lot of folks leaving California and Illinois, New York, et cetera, mm-hmm. for various reasons and whatnot. So it seems like a lot of these properties are going to avail themselves to you. If you guys can get your message out, because it seems like you have a real solution to, you know, housing problems, homeless problems, and of course, workforce problems. So tell us a little bit, you know, where are you going to take um, one-stop housing? What's, what, what's your plans for the next, you know, three to five years? Well, I, uh, it's interesting, uh, probably about um, four years ago, when I, four years ago, about a year and a half, about a half, uh, six months after I got here, I realized that a number of developments we were getting involved in, we were getting shut down by the city or the county. Um, or the community that just didn't want us to be around, housing. not understanding that it's workforce housing. It's not affordable housing. It's yeah. attainable, affordable workforce housing. Big difference. Um, you, you've got everybody, if you're not retired or disabled, you're working. Otherwise, you're yeah. not You're right. not a tenant. And so right. these are waiters, waitresses, cops, uh, nurses, so just great teachers i uh i've got countless number of teachers or people that work in the school system so these are really good individuals that really um law abiding and they deserve a a nice clean place to live and not have to be away from their families traveling to and from work so for such long distances um and so uh, we um um I kind of got lost my train of thought here. Well, I, Sorry. I'm just saying, where, where would you like, where are you going to oh, take yeah. one-stop housing? Because, you know, obviously as more people hear about you, um, there, there's going to be more properties being presented to you. So where, where are you going to take your, your organization? Yeah, we're, we're going across, um, well, uh, what I did was um, I did a tour of mayors. So knowing that we weren't wanted in the particular areas, Very I thought smart. rather than trying to find properties that we would get involved, let's do a tour of mayor. So actually four years ago, set out and did a tour through, through the state of Florida, knowing this is where we want to focus and met with any of the offices that would see that would take our an audience. And so we got quite a few and I mean, uh, and most of them then would turn around and they started pointing out where we should, where they want us to put investments in order to improve the area, understanding that it's typically the very underserved areas that weren't seeing the investments that other parts of the community were. And so as a result, we reverse engineered it and found here's where we're wanted and here's where our pro- our model fits. And right. then that's what we've been doing. So that that's, and which has now brought us to, we're going as far east, northeast as Jacksonville and as far uh, down to Miami. Uh, uh, we're as far south as Venice today and we're going up to Ocala. So you kind of, that draw a box, which is a pretty big one. But uh, that's that's kind of where we we have developments and have been focusing all within Florida for the most part. Who is, who should reach out to you if they say I want to hear more about One Stop? Who should reach out to you? 
Um, you know, I, I, my father, I learned this from my father. I take every phone call. Um, a, you know, I, people just call direct. I'm always going to answer. Um, and we're, we're happy to either help folks that are looking to get into the business themselves. Those that want to invest, those that need an apartment, those that uh, just want to learn about how maybe their services could piggyback on to what we're doing. Um, so we're, we're open. I mean, we're, we're, we're very transparent, very open. As I mentioned, we're really have a philanthropic mission. So the objective is to, to um, provide more housing. There's a, there just in Sarasota Manatee counties alone, there's a deficit of 46,000 apartments. Yeah. Um, wow. So, you know, we'll never, I mean, that would take us years to do on our own. Yeah. So we're, we're happy to, to work with or help anyone. I, I would um, assume you have a large, well, obviously you have a, ba- a large backlog of people that would want to rent from you. Yeah. We over a hundred or our waiting yeah. list is over a hundred. If you want right. just a standard apartment, it's like uh, you have to wait till February uh, yeah. right now. Oh <laughs> it's sad, but we, we have new product that we're always putting out. Um, new apartments and we're doing those at very affordable rates especially for new new um new construction and uh, but and most of the stuff that we do we don't take on any subsidies we're not doing government sure. section yeah. eight line yeah, tech yeah. funds the things that t- tend to create a lot of challenges we do we that are dabbling sword i'm sure yeah 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 we, we dabble in it but we for the most part we were the good old-fashioned for-profit business with a with the freedom to roam the planet as we need to (laughs) very cool very cool well mark as we wind up here i want to give out your contact information for our listeners if you are interested in finding more about housing or maybe you are a potential uh, renter for mark uh, go to the website it's called onestophousing.com and you can see the properties that they have there or if you want to call their phone number is 941 five eight six four nine four seven and there's a form there on the contact page that you can fill out if you want to know more again about one stop housing mark i appreciate so much you being on the sarasota stories podcast i'd really love to bring you back here in a year or so and find out you know what's what's happening because this, you know everything changes so quickly these days and uh, you guys have a wonderful organization and I just, uh, it's just a new business model that I've never heard of. And uh, I, I tell you what, I'm, I've been rich simply by having you on the show. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you. Thanks for your support. You betcha. All right, everybody, thank you for listening in. And uh, Mark, you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. Connect.